Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. A wise person once said, life is not what you expect. It's made up of the most unexpected twists and turns. Our guest today had an unexpected life-altering experience over 20 years ago, being broadsided by a young driver who ran a red light. And her life that she knew was changed forever. Joining us to tell her story is Joy Davies of British Columbia, Canada. Joy, thanks very much. Tell us what happened on that October day in 1997. Well, I was uh, going to visit friends. I was living in Vancouver, BC at the time and um, was in my lane to do the left turn um, according to all protocols. And the next thing I know, I'm over half a block away. There's people all around my car. I had been broadsided is what I was told. Ended up with uh, concussions, PTSD, a lot of soft tissue issues, and really difficult to move. You know, your body goes into a different place of extreme stiffness. Your mind doesn't work well. Um, Overreaction to the most minimal of situations and onto a number of pharmaceuticals trying to deal with the the pain levels particularly. Over the um, couple of years there, my doctors said, uh, if I don't stop work, I will never get back to close to normal. So I had had a very successful um, talent agency in Vancouver. We had the largest contingent of Eastern European actors in North America, according to uh, Robert De Niro's production people. We had no idea. We just work, you know, you get the work Mm -hmm. done for your your folks. And so the decision was made to close it down. During all of that, it was difficult within the marriage because of the PTSD aspect of it. And when an individual has never been injured, it's really hard for them to know how an injured person and someone with concussion systems, etc., cetera, uh, feels or how to relate to them. And, and it, we just couldn't find a happy place, so to speak. And uh, within a couple of years, we, there was a separation right after the closing of the, the talent agency. The journey, again, was just one pharmaceutical on top of the other. And uh, within less than, oh, three years, I think I'd been on 12, 13 at that time. And a number of them ended up in class action suits. And, you know, once I got out of them because of the introduction to me by a friend, basically saying, you know, we see what's happening to you. We love you. We think you're dying with all these pharmaceuticals. You need to try this marijuana. 
I was never a recreational user. I don't drink much, never smoked, kind of stuff like that. Just not my, who I am, had no objections to other people's choices in life. That was in 2003, and I'd been in, in and out of bed primarily because of the extreme fatigue that comes along with uh, fibromyalgia, and I couldn't even accept a hug from anybody because just touching my skin would, would flare up all the pain levels right through my body. So it was it, it hard to actually even rethink it because I've been out of that for so many years because of the medical cannabis there was just no quality of life. And at that point, I was on my own. I'd gone through all of my savings. I was put into, um, you know, the doctors put me through the to get disability, which took nearly two years, mm-hmm. which put me into a situation where I was on social assistance for six months and still basically in bed because it was impossible for me to work physically or mentally. When people talk about fibromyalgia now, and because of my recovery through medical cannabis, I just, my heart goes out to them. So by 2003 is when I was introduced to it. The first time I tried a joint, I just kind of went, wow, there's nothing wrong with this. My spasms are going down very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my body was able to relax. My pain levels were lowered, and it was fast. It wasn't like two days or anything. It was within the time that I'd had maybe two or three draws on on the uh, joint. And I kind of said to myself, "I've been lied about uh, about this, you know." And, it, and And my thoughts immediately went to young people and and drug, excess drug abuse of various kinds. And I thought, well, if they know we're being lied to about cannabis, they expect they're being lied to about everything else. So that's what's causing the increase of young people going into heavier drugs. It's all about society's lies to them. Can't trust the first one. You're not going to trust the others. And over time, after 2003, because I had more energy, because I didn't have the chronic extreme fatigue where it was even difficult for me to push the button on the remote control to change the channel. That's, I don't know how else Mm. to explain it, but that's how deep that the fatigue got to me. But it started to remove itself. I I didn't get more tired with cannabis. I got less tired and and I started getting out for walks and I already had to move three different times because the financial situation changed so drastically and so quickly. I ended up um, in White Rock in British Columbia and and, uh, was able to get out to short walks to begin with and started to trust my body. I've always listened to it and, and just had to test everything. How far can I go? What can I do? Will I be able to think clearer? Will I be able to focus? Um, So I just went into like a volunteer situation to see how I would relate in a group situation and, and, and be able to respond to society as a whole. And was getting stronger and feeling really good that, wow, it, I was only using uh, raw cannabis in a joint form at the time because that's basically all that I had. 
I ended up moving to uh, Grand Forks to care for my mom in 2005-06 and again feeling more energy capable of doing things and off of all but one pharmaceutical at that time and that was Effexor which they had put me on. Um, actually I want to skip back a little bit. I was on one pharmaceutical that was uh, they call Neurontin now like, uh, like a gabapentin and I remember the doctor saying, you know, we, we don't know what to give to you anymore. And he was a specialist at UBC Hospital. And so try this. It's an antispasmodic. And you can take up to 3,000 milligrams a day. And I was taking what I could and uh, wasn't helping, kept increasing the dosage. Actually did go up to 3,000, but it felt as though my blood was thick and green. That's how my body... Mm into it it was and i just finally said no no more i can't do this and so the last one left was the effexor and the doctor that i was working with in grand forks was very pro-cannabis fortunately as well and he um said okay well go off of it slowly and reduce the amount every few days which i did not every few days but every few weeks and it took me two months to come completely off it but the side effects during that two months was it was horrendous and thank god that i had cannabis to get me just through the side effects which included a sensation of an electrical go in my brain and then whack passing out I had to lie down on the couch or you know i would be on the floor how often did that um, happen joy that went on for for the full two months until I totally came off of it. But then after that, it would continue, but not as severe mm -hmm. and, and less frequently. But then I dropped into a depression. Uh, my mom, I was providing palliative care. It was complicated. She had Alzheimer's and lung cancer. The whole situation that I was in at the time being on, on, um, it just involved with it. It was before before I became um, elected. Actually, now I'm realizing I'm getting some timelines mixed up a bit, but it was all in the time frame. But it took it took well over uh, four months for the stopping of the last dosage of the Effexor, and then the side effects of that particular type continued for another couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then by the end of the year, I was into a deep depression. And the cannabis is what kept me going through everything. I woke up, you know, the time just before you wake up in the morning, you, you're just a little conscious. And it, I remember it so mm -hmm. well on a Friday morning in January. And it was, my body was clear. And I went, wow, what's happened here? You know, it's, I don't have all that horrendous feelings inside of me. And it's, and as I was lying there, I realized that the chemicals had finally got, come out of my body. Mm -hmm. And it's the only way I could explain it. And I felt like me again for the first time in probably 10 years, close to 10 years. And it was um, such a, a wide awakening for me as to how devastating all these pharmaceuticals are to our bodies, um, my body for sure, and that I realized that they were designed 
to keep me on the pharmaceuticals because the journey off of them, most people, and I've talked to them, they don't want to go off because the side effects are so hard coming off of them, and they were hard. But I'm so grateful that I had the cannabis there to keep me going so that I could get off of it. And my symptoms of fibromyalgia, they were lowered significantly. I had very few flare-ups. Um, there were times I would say to myself, gee, do I even have fibromyalgia? <laughs> so this is really cool. And uh, But I, I did, and I still do. And uh, cannabis remains my only medicine. And because it gave me life again, that I had lost through that journey. I, you know, I had a couple of small businesses started, still disabled, but through a disability program the feds had. I was my own contract uh, contractor for the building of my home in Grand Forks. Um, I, I stood up at one point because I didn't like the way city council was um, handling a uh, volunteer organization, a museum where they were locking their doors and keeping them out. And then my heart, because I'd, I'd been on a city council back in the 80s, you, you work with compassion. You have to have more skill than your volunteers are. Respect needs to be there. And if you're going to make a mistake, you do it on the side of compassion, not on the side of corporate needs, so to speak. So I just wanted to give a message like, hey, you guys, small town, Let's have some quality of life for our volunteers and respect for them. You don't take them out like that. But I ended up getting elected and being on council, which was a surprise to me because I was new to town, and that doesn't usually happen. But anyways, so if I hadn't had the cannabis, I wouldn't have been able to to get it, you know, make the contributions and, and serve my communities as I had. Joy, one of, if I can just interrupt, one of the things oh. that uh, most people listening would probably say, okay, Joy is fine now. She uh, got rid of the pharmaceuticals in her system. She takes cannabis as her medication. But what struck me as very odd, I guess, because of your concussions your concussions in 2012 and 2013, which most people would think were very unusual, but you're on an airplane, you're putting your and uh, a laptop computer fell on your head, and yeah. you suffered a concussion. I think, my God, go through that because that was uh, I've I've suffered a concussion myself, so I know what they're like, and they're not pleasant. No, they're not. Uh, it was during boarding, and I was sitting in my seat, which was on the aisle. And the next thing I know, I've got my arm around someone's shoulder, and I've been walked off the plane. And what I was told is another passenger was shoving a very large suitcase in the overhead, mm -hmm. and there was a laptop computer there, and he shoved so hard that it came down, and I had been lowered myself to put my pack sack under the seat so it just landed so incredibly hard and I just have flashes of, of what happened I remember the sensation of my clothes being ripped my tops and and things being put all over me and I was told later they thought I was having a heart attack from it they called my daughter because emergency contacts were all there and she lined up with them they wouldn't accept me overnight in the hospital because my insurance had not arrived, the card, physical card before my journey. And uh, so the airline put me up in a hospital, in, I'm sorry, a hotel. And I, and I vaguely remembered someone saying, God, you could die from this kind of a concussion, you know. 
just told the staff, please phone me every single hour just to make sure I'm alive. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what they did. And I shouldn't have been there to begin with in that hour. You could die type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It got on the planes the next day, got home, back to Grand Forks. But there was a, a lot of times, again, you're just so foggy. You can't focus. I couldn't talk to anyone. I was downloading on people you know the filters were gone Mm -hmm. and during that time I had sold my my home and I was on my way to Vancouver to be with my family because my mom had passed it was no need to be there anymore the cannabis just again kept me in a place that I could move around I felt strange I had balance issues I like when I walked it was like I was drunk confusion during my conversations, um, memory issues. Um, So the cannabis kept me with that, but also went into hyperbaric oxygen therapy. My daughter was the um, executive assistant to Dave Nonis and and, uh, Mike Gillis of the Canucks, and she got me into their specialist, concussion specialist, and he was totally in favor of the cannabis to keep me going as well as the hyperbaric oxygen. And then it was a very different alternative chiropractor, massage therapy, things like that, because it affected the whole body. But was recovering from that well. And I was the keynote speaker at the Treating Yourself Expo in 2013 in Toronto and got back on the Friday, uh, was having a, um, a dinner meeting with uh, one of my board members. I had a formed a society uh, called BC Medical Cannabis Patients, where we lobby government for change mm-hmm. at the provincial level and reached out to everyone, educating them on medical cannabis. And Steve uh, Finley was the um, secretary for LEAP, so we were having a catch-up meeting. He picked me up, was driving me back. Car was parked. The engine turned off. And I remember my hand on the door to get out. And the next memory, I'm sitting at my computer and the telephone rings. Hi. Oh, Steve. Hi. My lawyer, Steve, about the airplane incident. And I had a flash of standing in front of a house with a hole in it. And I said, I think I was in an accident. And he says, what? What, what did your doctor say? And I said, oh, I have no idea, you know, type of stuff. He says, hang up, go into a walk-in. Went into the walk-in, massive neck injuries, no um, issues with the eyes, things like that. Phoned Steve, what happened? And he said that the brakes failed. Even though the car was turned off and parked, we were getting out. The brakes failed. We rolled down the, house, the street. And the car ran into a house. Nobody was home, he said. He left insurance stuff. He said, look at your camera, your cell phone. You took pictures. And so I pulled out my cell phone, and I had taken pictures of the house. There was uh, liquid all over the driveway. He said, we got back in his car with no brakes, and we drove to my place, got into my car. I drove him home, which is 30 minutes each way got myself home, into bed, sight to this day. I have no memory of anything. You don't remember anything about that? Nothing? Nothing. Just nothing. And that that was from 5 o'clock in the afternoon until 9 o'clock the next morning. 
So our brains, you know, it, it's hard at times. And again, just into back into hyperbaric, continue to use the cannabis and, and no other treatments, but no pharmaceuticals. I just refused them all and uh, started coming back through it. I still have issues. And I sometimes say I have a, an invisible target on my back, <laughs> which I hope has gone away. I moved to the island in uh, 2019 in October over to Souk. And I was in uh, coming back from Victoria and waiting at the red light for it to turn green. And the next thing I know, I hear a noise and I'm halfway up the street. I have another concussion person behind me didn't see the red light just rammed me right through and then eight months later again in victoria on gorge road just normal driving next thing i know i'm outside the car i was told a deer came through somebody's hedge and broadsided me and another concussion so there's been a lot of concussions and i know because of cannabis and the hyperbaric oxygen it's what kept my brain functioning as well as it does. I'm still good. I went through a lot of downtimes again after the, the last two concussions, and I'm still in rehab for the body recovery. I, I have more uh, visual issues now, and dealing with ICBC is a nightmare. <laughs> so Joy, you Joy you, you, you've got to start taking the bus. Yeah, well, Driving we is dangerous here. for you. <laughs> But I'm still here talking about it all. That's right. So somewhere yes. on this right. Joy, can, <laughs> can, I, can I ask you something? What forms of cannabis do you use today? You were speaking about that in the early days, it was simply smoking it. But do you use other forms? I started you when the vaporizers came out, I started using that. But I also was then able to go into the, the edibles the oils and the tinctures, and I use the uh, Rick Simpson oil a lot at nighttime. Particularly, I learned about microdosing through the day, which kept all of my spasms and everything down as well when I was having them. And um, primarily now, I just need to use it for the sleep, and uh, I'm not even having to use it throughout the day. So I have used the gummy bears for uh, microdosing over the years. Always homemade, you know, because we didn't have legal access. Um, the BC Medical Cannabis uh, Compassion Club was the place that I went to back in 2003. But it took me four doctors, going through four doctors to get me the to sign the forms that I could be there. And then when I re needed a renewal, the doctor that signed the original form would not sign the renewal because that's when everybody was saying everybody was uh, selling and, and dealing and stuff like that. And he didn't want to be part of that. So it became, I had to go back underground and not able to use a compassion club because I couldn't get another doctor to sign the form. And we're talking at that time, it would have been around 2013. And uh, so it's been a really hard journey for patients. And, and I know I've been part of the political push as best as I can, both municipally and, and as a candidate federally, which was a horrible journey. But, you know, we, we know we've all contributed to forward motion. There's a small door that's been open that needs to be opened completely, but may never happen, you know, so... 
just keep now. I, I just continue to use the the vaporizing and the the tinctures. I take CBD um, every day because I have kidney stones and my kidney function was dropping. And within one month of this CBD, uh, it was right back to normal again. And we know wow. this because we did a kidney scan. We did a, a, a renal scan on on one day that showed the drop. And the same day I got this particular CBD, which was a 900 milligram dosage. And with the second kidney scan was 30, the renal scan was 30 days later. And my kidney function was right back to normal. So I keep those two with me. And, you know, my nighttime is an indica um, THC and my daytime is the, um, to do with the CBD. So it's not even, I'm using far less now than I ever had to when I started, which was around five to seven milligrams a day. And I would say I'm under uh, half a milligram right now. Joy, in, so in those moments of quiet contemplation, do you ever wonder what your life would have been like had you not had that accident in 1997? It been a lot less traumatic and a lot less dramatic. I probably would have continued on in my, my business with it growing um, with my family. It was difficult with the cannabis use because it was not accepted by a good part of my family, including my mom. And one of my daughters and both my daughters went through breast cancer in 2014. I would not have had the knowledge that I have now. Mm -hmm. So I look at the good side of everything that I've gained through that accident and the change of life. But you can't really, you know, you can't live backwards. You know, things happen to us in life reasons. and, And I feel my... Because it did happen, it moved me into an important movement internationally, mm-hmm. which was advocating for cannabis. And I would never have been there if the accident didn't happen. Yeah. So I don't know, other than that, mm-hmm. what it would have really looked like if I never had that accident. Well, you should get a T-shirt that says, shit happens, because it yes, does. It does. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we rise to the top and let the rest of it finish. That's you know, right. Just to be try to continue to be part of of this of a solution, uh, become stay engaged in the world as much as we can, listen to our bodies for sure. You know, we all have our own voices on how and what we should put inside of it. And through my journey, I learned that pharmaceuticals were not belonging in my body. Grateful for some of them, you know, it's not horrible, but the overuse is unfortunate and I'm hoping with all the changes in the awareness of cannabis medically that there's more I do know there's more and more doctors involved with it now I do know that UBC offers free um, cannabis workshops online for doctors and giving them university credits and that people within the consulting world of medical cannabis can also take these and it gives you a nice uh, certificate to hang on your wall when you're dealing with patients and consulting whatever. There's been changes, and I don't think I would have been part of the change if it didn't happen with the car accident in 97. Well, you were, you, you were certainly meant to be involved in the changes, and I think given the circumstances that you've had to endure over the last 25 years, uh, you've done a wonderful job. 
mm-hmm. we greatly appreciate it. I only have one piece of advice for you. Watch your driving and yes. be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're... I've got to get off the back of my head. Yes, w- w- wear a helmet when you're driving. <laughs> yes, I've been told that more than once. It's so great. Yeah. Thanks, so, Joy. Yeah. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Got it, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Walt. Good luck. Keep your good work up. So important. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.